Welcome back to the Healing Voice Podcast. My name is Lance Howard, and I'd like to welcome you to Season 9, Episode 3, titled The Curse and the Serpent, Understanding the Purposefulness of the Human Struggle. And I'm just going to jump right into it. This is my translation work called Bible Redefined, which you can find on the website at thv-tv.com or lancehoward.net you'll find Bible Redefined under I Am University at the top of the page. And I spent a lot of time retranslating certain passages of the, of the Bible. I refer to these passages as the ancient scriptures because the word Bible carries a lot of cultural baggage with it and you do not have to be a Christian to read the Bible and it is expedient to know that the Bible has been hijacked by a religion called Christianity. And that will upset a lot of people, perhaps, when they hear me say that. But if you understand that Jesus, the man called Jesus, was not a Christian, and his earliest followers were not called Christians, and the people who were looking forward to his birth were also not called Christians, then you understand that these ancient writings predate a religion called Christianity. And though this religion today claims the book called the Bible as its own, that's actually not accurate. It doesn't, it meaning this book called the Bible, which is a collection of books actually, does not belong to Christianity. It predates Christianity. It has a wonderful and incredible ancient history and its original languages are full of allegory, full of metaphor, full of poetry. And it is so, so valuable to know that and to understand what I just said about the Bible and the early peoples who read these writings before they were even contained in one book called the Bible and that they did not call themselves Christians, and that the man that we, re we refer to as Jesus Christ did not call himself a Christian, nor did his earliest followers. Moving on then, this is Genesis chapter 3, 14 through 19. It says, The great I am spoke to the serpent, the enchanter of humankind, the whisperer of spells, the aspect of a person's mind that winds around itself, becoming self-involved, greedy, and selfish, the part of the self that creates false belief, lies, false personalities, based in a loss of or unawareness of true identity. This is what the great I am said to that serpent. Because you have done this, you are cursed. Cursed means covered and hidden like a mystery that gives humans the opportunity to find the deep place within where they are not affected by your insults, persecution, and lies. Humans will be able to realize their greatest strength because of you. Above the other beasts and living things of the field, which is the psyche of the human soul, where all the wild aspects of personality exist, and have support and are to be discovered. You, serpent, will move about on your belly, 
For all of your existence, you will eat nothing but dirt, which is to say there is no promise of self-empowerment or satisfaction in you, only the illusion thereof through your deceptive words. Verse 15, there will be a continual war between you, the part of the human self that enchants and whispers with deceptive narratives, between you and the woman, the part of the human self that is curious, creative, and desiring new experiences between your naturally occurring results and offspring and her naturally occurring results and offspring. Hers shall lie in wait for your head and you shall lie in wait for its heel. It shall endeavor to crush your head and you will endeavor to attack its heel. Verse 16, to the woman he said, I will abundantly increase and prolong your displeasure and pain in your conception. In sorrow of body and mind you shall bring forth children and your longing desire, running after and overflowing, will be quiescently toward your man or your masculine, and he shall rule, have dominion, and govern you. Verse 17, And to Adam, the masculine, he said, Since and inasmuch as you have listened and obeyed the voice of your woman, the feminine, and you have eaten from the tree, which I charged you, saying you should not eat, Cursed is the Adama, which is the ancient Hebrew word for ground. Cursed is the ground. Cursed is the Adama because of your choice. In sorrow and toil, you shall eat from it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the grass herb of the wild field and flat country. That was verse 18. And now verse 19. From the trouble that causes you to tremble and breathe hard in displeasure and your face to sweat, you shall eat food of understanding, which feeds a healthy sense of I amness physically, emotionally, and spiritually until you return to Adama, the ground of being. Because from out of the ground of being you were taken and fetched. You are of the dust of the ground and to the dust you will return. That is my translation of Genesis 3, verses 14 through 19. So the commentary, again, you can go to the website and find this. The picture we are being given is that the serpent will go on forever taunting new expressions or children of Eve. Eve will have literal children and metaphysical children since she is a representation of the mother, sacred feminine, within all, just as she represents the beginning of the human bloodline. The personal application is found in the quantum metaphysical. The war between the serpent and the woman is a portrayal of the human struggle to decipher what is real or true from what is fiction or false, truth from lies. The serpent is the originator of the false narratives which humans must be aware of as the messaging from their own lower nature. The war between the serpent's naturally occurring results and offspring, meaning thought suggestions that create false identity and personality, and Eve's naturally occurring results and offspring, meaning her thought suggestions that lead to realization of true identity and sacred purpose, that is how the ego's deceptive suggestions are the path by which woman, quote unquote, woman, comes to realize what is true. It is an ongoing battle that will frustrate woman. 
until she awakens to the game that is being played. And this, it is important to note that this term woman has nothing to do with, I should say, has little to do with women on the planet as much as the feminine energy or essence of humanity. That we have Adam and we have Eve or Ava is more accurate to the pronunciation of her name meaning we have the masculine and the feminine within each human being. So when we say woman, when the scripture here is saying woman, it's pointing to the creative side of the human being that wants to see new things, enjoy new things, express in new ways. This is woman. Okay, it simultaneously points to the coming of a human child who will break this cycle. This talk of Adam and Eve and the serpent are imagery, but that does not eliminate the possibility of literal occurrences. There is a literal sense in which the seed or offspring of Eve is destined to badly weaken the game of the serpent ego. And if you've been reading or listening to any of my other translations, you may have a sense or already understand that this seed, though there may be a literal sense in which a seed from Eve is later born into humanity to, to break this cycle with the serpent, there's a great metaphysical and quantum-natured reality that is being spoken of about the child being born within each person, meaning myself and you. That our true self is ready to emerge, is being called up, is, is being invited to show itself as the reflection of the great I am, as the reflection of the one true self. And that when that true person from within me and that true person from within you arises, we will recognize our birthright and power over the ego, over the serpent. Further uh, moving on then, in the commentary, it reads, Nonetheless, the serpent is the weaker of the two, meaning between Adam, sorry, between the serpent and Eve, the serpent is the weaker of the two and can only strike at the lower parts of the human right? How the passage said, the serpent wants to strike your heel or strike its heel, meaning striking your offspring's heel. The human literally has the upper hand and can crush the serpent's head. Okay, so that follows perfectly with what I just said about how when the child from within us arises, we will realize we have power over the serpent. In verse 17, the word Adama comes up, and this is important because it means ground. And Adam, I'm saying their names in our typical English ways, but it would be nice or probably constructive if I were to say them in the ancient way. Adam is Adam, and Eve is actually Ava, more accurately than Ava, Ava. So we have Adam and Ava, that is Adam and Eve. Adam means mankind. 
So when the word Adama comes up, we see instantly that there's a connection, Adam and Adama. Adam is made from the ground. And the ground is what gives Adam some sense or element of beingness. Okay, so I translated Adama as the ground of mankind. And that is their psyche. That is our psyche. The ground of mankind is our psyche. It means we exist in a world that is constructed through our conscious awareness, through the power of our mind. If I could not think, meaning to see, to perceive, and then all the five senses that go along with that, if I didn't have the power of conscious awareness, then what kind of existence would I have? What kind of existence would we have without the ground of mankind, which is our psyche, our ability to experience life? Okay, so the ground of mankind is their psyche, meaning everything about their life, everything about their life experience arises from their perception. And this is their ground of being, their Adama. The curse is the never-ending nagging of the ego or the serpent, which is in the mindset of unawakened humanity. This is the curse. All that stuff about how hard Adam's going to have to work to, to eat from the ground and um, how much labor and toil Eve will be in to bring forth children or offspring. This is all about the unawakened mindset. It's not simply about literally having children and literally having to till the ground to create food. That is the simple three-dimensional meaning of this. But at a quantum level, it's talking about the nature of the human soul and the experience on this planet and the experience starts with the mind. In verse 18 it says that there will be thorns and thistles and that indicates a desert and if you know anything about the biblical literature the mention of a desert is always about a, almost always about a place of solitary struggle. So here we see it again that it's saying to Adam and Eve, Adam and Ava, you're going to have to learn solitary struggle to overcome the ego. This encounter with the serpent is similar to that of Christ in the desert, which you'll find in the book of Matthew chapter 4. The adversary, or the serpent, produces a reasonable doubt as an attempt to get the person to fail morally and ethically to their greatest weakness. This aspect of the self, or the serpent, causes the most trouble and is responsible for all the pain and turmoil we know today. It is a part of us that we must learn to control with the man and the woman, which are halves of the human self, man and woman, masculine and feminine. The serpent and the woman will constantly be at war because it is her natural tendency to experience new things, and it is the serpent's natural position to draw that tendency towards selfishness, the illusion of past and future and material desires, rather than 
simple presence in the here and now. And that simple presence is what the term Adam is all about. Adam, the, the masculine side of being human, is more willing to sit down and be at ease than Ava, the feminine side of humanity. And don't forget, Adam and Ava are in each and every person. We all struggle with this and perhaps we do see it representing itself or presenting itself in relationships between men and women. Some people might say it is very true that typically the woman is the more creative one. She knows how to, to keep a home. She thoroughly enjoys and often goes after new experiences and is excited about those sorts of things and the man is just less less interested in those things. He's not uninterested because he has that feminine side within himself too. He is less interested. He has more of the masculine energy. He has more capacity to just sit and repeat, 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 do the same things over and over. And typically she's not so willing to just sit and repeat and repeat. She wants new experiences. Notice in verse 14 how the serpent ego crawls on its belly and eats the dirt. The language reveals a connection to the Gospel of John and other books analogous to a bursting forth that comes from the belly, meaning an inner filling of sacred breath. Like taking a deep breath, being filled with the breath of life, and the bread of life, no longer being thirsty or hungry, but becoming a source of divine water and sustenance for others. And we see this reflected in John 7, where Christ said, He that believes on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. And this he spoke about the Spirit, which those who believed on him would receive. It is clear that the serpent ego crawling on its belly cannot experience nor provide the experience of satisfaction or satiation. Yet the serpent ego is the first distraction and false promise thereof for all of us as it is an organic expression of consciousness in the human experience. To say that another way, the serpent ego must crawl on its belly and that signifies to us you will never be satisfied by following the way of your ego. You will never be satisfied. You will have to crawl on your belly eating the dirt, meaning participating with and ingesting that which is worthless. And since you're on your belly, you'll never be able to take a full breath. <sighs> and if you take that breath with me just now, you realize how a breath is satisfying. It, it is calming. <laughs> it brings satiation in the moment. And furthermore, the connection with the breath of life is also to the bread of life. That is sustenance that truly satisfies. The serpent will never be able to give you that. But you, in your egotistical human nature, are constantly trying to go the way of the ego. And this is why... There's never satisfaction, true satisfaction. The serpent and the woman will constantly be 
at war because it is her natural tendency to experience new things and it is the serpent's natural position to draw that tendency towards selfishness, the illusion of past and future and material desires. This is the story of mankind. The serpent knows how to speak to the feminine side of our humanity. The side of us that is curious and enjoys new experiences. The serpent will be right there to whisper to you, well, you should try this, or it can't be so bad to do this or that. After all, it's, is it, no one's gonna know. Maybe it's not gonna hurt anyone. The whisper, the whisper of the ego, the, the enchanting spell of the serpent is to always plant a lie in your mind that leads you to second guess that which is best. How do we know that which is best? That which is wholesome and life-giving, that which is healthy. So if you have to lie or hide or keep it a secret, then you are about to choose the thing that is not wholesome. You are about to choose the thing that is not healthy. You are about to choose that which does not support life. Instead, you are about to choose the thing that tears life apart, breaks relationships down, and causes suffering in your experience. This is what the ego does. This is the curse and the serpent. This is the story behind that struggle that Adam and Eve had in the Garden of Eden, where they had to make a decision, but they listened to the voice of their ego instead of listening to the voice of God or shall I say the voice of the one true self, or shall I say the voice of the great I am. I think that's all I have to say about this. This is just a short snippet from my recent translation. If you would like to receive emails about these translations, I do send them out pretty much once a week, if not, or once every other week. I can put you on that email list. You just have to send me an email at thvtv at protonmail.com and say, please add me to the Bible redefined list. Thanks for listening to the Healing Voice podcast. Do you have questions related to how you can apply this knowledge to your personal life? To make an appointment, email me at thvtv at protonmail.com. In the subject line, just put appointment and then in the email, say something like, I would like to make an appointment on how I can apply the knowledge from Bible Redefined to my personal life. Or if you just have questions in general, please just state that in the email. THV is a donation-based service that believes in sacred economics. That true value is found in the expression of your heart. Time, energy, and energy are true currency. When someone serves from the heart, no dollar amount can be placed on their service. What price can be put on that which encourages, motivates, and inspires our hearts? So we give simply because we have received and we believe. Your donation makes the teachings, books, music, and coaching of THV possible. If you believe the messages of THV can make a difference, please consider sending a donation of any size I'll leave the links in the description. Thanks for listening. Tell someone about THV today.